yeah, man, I had to, I had to do something with my time. So I was sitting uh, in my house uh, in Hobart uh, as, as a 19 year old and I was drunk and I was drunk every night and um, friends and I were sitting around and we're doing drugs and um, alcohol and a, a show came on the TV and it was pumping iron and I, and I was like, Oh, that's so cool. You know? And then um, one thing led to another, I mean, next day I'm in my bedroom lifting um, a bar that someone had in the house and one thing led to another, I was taking creatine and drinking, drinking bloody whiskey and creatine and whiskey. And I was just like, I didn't know what to do. One thing led to another, I went to a gym and someone said you should compete. And then I went on to compete. But, um, you know, for me, I had to, my doctor said to me, the circumstances was this. He said, you know, you're either going to die because I had blood poisoning. I had abscesses all over my body. I was draining stuff out of my body all over the place with the doctors and, that was because of alcohol poisoning and, and malnutrition. And he said, um, you're either going to die or go to jail. So which one do you want to choose? Which one's better for you? And I'm like, nah, man, watch this. And so I created, created a life for myself. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Running From Comfort. This is episode 27, featuring the one and only Darren Petty. Today's show, you're going to hear from Darren. You're going to hear about his story, which is quite an interesting one. See, Darren went from somebody as a young man who, in his own words, was drinking every day, he was using drugs, to then go on and become Mr. Australia, a multiple-time Brazilian jiu-jitsu champion, and now he's a filmmaker and a podcaster. So, I want you to also, if you enjoy this episode, go and check out the Darren Petty podcast because he is putting together an absolutely fantastic show and he's really putting me to shame because as he says in this episode, he's recording up to three podcasts a day. That is crazy. You see, Darren has this incredible work ethic and that is what we discuss in this show. I'm trying to find out about his work ethic. I'm trying to find out about where it comes from. So I hope you really enjoyed today's show. And if you do, please do not forget to subscribe for future episodes. And if you want to help support this show, the best thing that you can do is you can share it and go on whatever platform you're listening on and give it a rating and a review. And I really do ask that you do these things and that you share the show because that is ultimately what is going to help grow the show. And I have some exciting plans for this show in future. So don't forget to do that. All right, that's enough from me. I hope you enjoy today's show. Hey, brother. How's it going? How are you doing? What's been happening? Yeah, man, I'm going well. We're just um, we're chilling out here, um, uh, working hard, I guess. Chilling and working hard doesn't really get a, go well together. Uh, we're working hard, man, in COVID-19 times. Um, you know, we're podcasting, we're filmmaking, we're doing all the things um, and pretty much tripled our workload at the moment. I find I find that hard to sort of believe that you've tripled your workload because I've been following your social media for so long and one thing that I noticed about you is it seems like you are always working. <laughs> yeah, man, always always got something going on, absolutely without a doubt, never stop. Um, I just feel like, you know, uh, as cliche as it is, we've got one life and we need to live every second, every minute, every moment to its fullest because you never know it's going to end and um, at the end of the life, you're going to have a story to tell. Um, and I'm just fortunate enough to know how to use a camera and speak on a mic. So I won't, I won't just have a story uh, that people will talk about. You'll be able to see my story, which, um, which I'm pretty passionate about my, doing with myself and also helping other people do as well, like we are now with podcasting. Mm. And when I first came across, you, um, came across you on social media, one of the first things I thought was, you know, this is probably a man who needs to have his own podcast because I'd seen some of your posts. I was like, one, I want to talk to you on my podcast, but you need your own podcast. Yeah. So look, while we're here, just um, shout out the details for your podcast so that any listeners here can get redirected to yours as well. Yeah, pretty easy on that one. It's the Darren Petty Podcast and we're on currently on YouTube. So we're building a base on YouTube so we can get the... Um, we can concentrate all the subscribers and the viewers there. And soon, I think at episode 50 or around there, we're going to go onto the other audio platforms and uh, distribute the subscribers across that place as well. And that's really awesome. And I'm going to be honest, I haven't tuned into a full episode of yours yet. I've been watching your shorts on Instagram. They're very long. <laughs> How long do yours go for? Oh man, we've had a three or four hour, a lot of three or four hours, uh, a few one hours, uh, you know, the, the minimum um would be an hour uh but obviously in um 
in the COVID times, we are doing Zoom and they're going a bit shorter because we're trying to fit as many in as we can per day. Um, and we're going all around the world, which is so cool, huh, with, with Zoom and stuff like that. But um, we're trying to get as many as we can. But when we're in the studio, we we'll like to go for three or four hours. Mm. And look, just tell the people here, because I thought this was crazy. How many podcasts per day are you recording right now? At the moment, we're three or four. I think one day last week we did five and we've got all those in the bank. Um, last week we had Lee Priest on the show and uh, we had Isaac Butterfield on the uh, on the podcast as well. Lee Priest, obviously, Australia's greatest bodybuilder of all time. And um, Isaac Butterfield is, you know, the upcoming comedian, YouTube uh, comedian. Mm. Really, really awesome stuff that uh, you've got going on there. So make sure you go check out um, Darren Petty's podcast. And if you are a podcaster like myself, sure. look out. Because he's, he's coming over to take over the industry. We've got to have the Australian Joe Rogan over here. <laughs> That's the goal, man. That's the goal. Shout out to Joe. If you're listening, hopefully. <laughs> uh, probably not, but, you know, one day maybe. <laughs> one day, one but, day. You never know. You never, never know. But um, look, look, I thought I want to get stuck into this because you have this sort of like hustle mentality. That's something that I really see about you. And I suppose... Uh, one thing that I notice is everybody that has this hustle mentality, they tend to either come from some form of a background or you've got a chip on your shoulder. So Darren, do you want to just like yeah. give us a little bit of a rundown? How, what, what sort of happened with you with your upbringing to get you to where you are now? Sure, man. I started with nothing and I, in, a, in a broken family and domestic violence. We, uh, I was born in Mordura, traveled to Darwin and um, with my stepfather at the time who, who ended up a convicted um, uh, you know, convicted of a lot of different things, but um, attempted murder was one of those. And then he um, ended up dying when we fled to Tasmania, which was where I'm now. He died. And then um, I uh, went into teenagehood very angry and um, confused and got into drugs and alcohol. Moved at home when I was 14 years old. And um, I was a drug addict and alcoholic from 14 to about 2021. And then I started bodybuilding at 2021. Um, became Mr. Tasmania, Mr. Australia, and went to the universe place fifth. This is, brings me up to about 2007. Then I started Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and I've been doing that for the last 12 years, and now I'm a coach. Um, and I have my own academy uh, here at the studio downstairs, um, Trojan Jiu-Jitsu. And um, uh, throughout that time, I became a filmmaker, picked up a camera, learned how to make films on YouTube, and then now podcaster. The hustle mentality for me, man, is is like a like I always say is um we we live every day and every second here as if it's our last um my sister sadly passed away in 2013 from uh, renal clear cell clear cell carcinoma kidney cancer and um uh watching her pass away really um consolidated the fact that you know we really do have one life and and from that I have not stopped since that minute. Uh, arguably didn't stop before that, but certainly intensified after losing my sister. And so here we are now. Mm. No, and look, I, I'm, I, look, I'm sorry to hear that. You know, that's, you know, unfortunate, no you know, in those circumstances. But so you're saying in that moment, that sort of flipped a switch to you to sort of like kick into a new gear. So mm. you're already... You're yeah, already so a new gear of, for me. I was already going... Mm. You're already going nuts. I was going nuts, man. I was trying to live the, live uh, to the best of my absolute ability and certainly was doing that, achieving as much as I could as a bodybuilder and, and, and jiu-jitsu and, and those types of things. And then uh, as a filmmaker, um, I just blew it up as fast and as big as I could. Um, uh, just trying to work every second of every day. You know, I just, I don't relax. I don't chill. I don't holiday. I don't take time off. I just keep going and going and going. I just, to be honest with you, man, I just... Um, I find relaxation in creativity and in work. I just not, not, you know, I, I don't dig holes and lay bricks. Let's be honest. All I do is, um, you know, work with, um, finite things like cameras and, uh, and then, and, and software. But, um, you know, honestly, I, I never stop. I love it. I love every minute of it. I love creation. Mm. And you'll see as well. I see on your Instagram story, you'll always have you up at till like two or three in the morning editing something, and then the next thing you know, boom, straight up again the next morning, seven eight a.m. Yeah. right back into it. Hundred percent, man. Like we have, um, you know, like Arnold said, Arnold Schwarzenegger said, we got twenty four hours in a day. We sleep eight hours. What are you doing with the rest of it? So, you know, um, lately, you know, I'm thirty nine, turning forty, and I've I've up the sleep a little bit to to six seven hours. But um, before that. I was sleeping three or four hours and just, and just getting it out, getting the content out there and 
and making as much valuable stuff as I can. Like documentary filmmaking is where I started as a filmmaker. Um, this has led me out to being a podcaster, but I love human stories as well. And, um, you know, it's just the telling of the stories is what I think, um, what I think I'm on this earth for, to be honest. Mm. And it's saying that, are, are you more about, I suppose, using your story or using the stories of others or just in general? Like what, where do you sort of see yourself both, in the man, storytelling in field? Yeah, both. So, I mean, I've got, a, I've lived a life with worth, a, worth telling the story of. And, and I think it, a lot of us, arguably everybody has a story to tell. Uh, we've all lived a, we've all lived a life and there's something to be, um, there's value in every story, I, I believe. And, and that's where Josh and I have created this, um, our own podcast here in my, in my documentary films. And I just think everybody's got a story, man, not just the superstars of the world, Arnold and, and the rock and all these people. I think, um, everyone's got an interesting story and we can all learn from each other. Mm. And that's, and that's something that really the world of the internet has been able to bring out people able to sort of, you know, start platforms like their podcasts and tell their stories. And, you know, as you said, everybody really does have their own story to tell, but if I could take you back just through your own story, just a little while, you said that you found yourself homeless as a teenager. How, what, what kind of leads to circumstances like that? Mm, certainly. So, um, you know, when I was 14 years old, my mum um, struggled to um, house me in terms of, um, you know, being a mum and things like that. And my social workers came in to help out one day and they said, Darren, you've got to get out of here, man. Your mum's not really, she's not really stable. Um, and so off I went at 14. Uh, to find my own feet and I hadn't, hadn't moved back since man I'm not turning 40 soon and I haven't throughout that entire time I lived I lived um, house to house and, and whatnot but as a teenager man I struggled because it was hard to get rentals and things like that so I just moved from friends couch to couch and I'd climb in windows and out of windows and parents would be searching for me and I had nowhere to go and friends certainly helped me in those situations but it was um, just basically because of my mother's inability to um, take care of me and she went through her own hard life and you know, the experience in domestic violence. And now she's got a young teenager. She knows how to take care of me. So off I went and we've got a great relationship now. Mm. And I'm glad that you've been able to reconcile that relationship as well, that I suppose that's, that's a really good thing. But then Appreciate moving it, on from moving on from there though, when, when did you start sort of start? Cause you said you had, you know, drug addiction, alcohol. How did you sort of pick yourself up out of those addictions? Yeah, man, I had to, I had to do something with my time. So I was sitting uh, in my house uh, in Hobart uh, as as a 19-year-old and I was drunk and I was drunk every night. And um, friends and I were sitting around and we're doing drugs and um, alcohol and a, a show came on the TV and it was Pumping Iron. And I, and I was like, oh, that's so cool, you know. And then um, one thing led to another. I mean, next day I'm in my bedroom lifting um, a bar that someone had in the house and one thing led to another, I was taking creatine and drinking, drinking bloody whiskey and creatine and whiskey. And I was just like, I didn't know what to do. One thing led to another, I went to a gym and someone said you should compete. And then I went on to compete. But, um, you know, for me, I had to, my doctor said to me, the circumstances was this. He said, you know, you're either going to die because I had blood poisoning. I had abscesses all over my body. I was draining stuff out of my body all over the place with the doctors. And, that was because of alcohol poisoning and, and malnutrition. And he said, um, you're either going to die or go to jail. So which one do you want to choose? Which one's better for you? And I'm like, nah, man, watch this. And so I created, created a life for myself. That's a, I love that attitude. Nah, man, watch this. <laughs> and just, That's me, man. You, and you're just talking about whiskey, uh, sorry, mixing whiskey and creatine. Have you heard that? It's a quote from Arnold Schwarzenegger. They asked him if he enjoyed drinking and he said something like he'd mix, he'd mix his protein shakes of whiskey. <laughs> Wow, I haven't not heard that one. That's a good one. I like that. But um, certainly, please, if you're watching, don't do that. <laughs> I, I can't imagine it'd be too tasteful. Um, and also, I did no. read that on the internet. So, I mean, who knows how true the quote is? We all know the way the internet gotcha. works. But absolutely. What what sort of that process into becoming Mister Australia? Like, how long were you lifting weights for to get to that point? Yeah, man. So. 20, age twenty, I started lifting weights. You know, in my bedroom and stuff like that. Then uh, hit the gyms. Um, then I competed at 2004, so four years uh, before uh, I actually competed after training, four years until I started using anabolic steroids. Uh, I really um, think it's important to um, get that base of training and, and um, expend your natural uh, ability of, um, you know, uh, testosterone and, and being a young body. I think it's important for people to build that base. 
so yeah, it was four years until I started competing. Four years till I uh, I trained very hard, intensely for four years before using steroids. And then um, from 2004 to 2007 was my competition years. Um, and yeah, man. And as soon as I stopped competing, I stopped using steroids. And you know, I just did it for the comp- competition, which is I think um, common. Did you set out to, I suppose, become Mr. Australia? Like, did you ever think that that was something you were going to achieve? Not at all, man. Not, not, not one little bit. I, I competed just to see if I could do it. But the first, competition I, the first competition I ever went to was the one that I was in. And I was like, oh, what do I do? Where do I stand? And off I went and did a thing and came, I think I came fourth out of, uh, fourth out of a lineup of, I forget now, is you know, a long, long time, 16 years ago. Um, I was fourth and that thing and i just had no idea uh what to do but um you know you're making me reminisce now to things i haven't thought about for a long long time (laughs) um and it's wonderful it's wonderful to think back uh, to where we've come from but um yeah man it's just it those times were just those times were tough and you you just have to you just have to believe in yourself Hmm. And you must have really dug deep, I suppose, getting to yourself to the point we become Mr. Australia. Like, was there anything in particularly learned during that journey? Yeah. So, you know, you've got to, you've got to learn that um, you're not, you have to, you have to starve yourself, bro. Like you have to um, inject yourself every single day with um, testosterone. You have to lift weights once or twice a day. You have to not go to a party at all. You know, I didn't, I ate every two hours for eight years and that was, um, that was just how it went down and I never missed a meal once. And I was at eating meals at weddings and funerals and buses and trains and planes and all this. I used to say to people, um, you know, I was diabetic. I can't, I have to eat. They'd say, you can't bring the food in here. I'd say, I'm diabetic. And I, I, um, I never missed man. Um, I learned about myself that anything's possible through hard work, dedication and, you know, all the cliche words that we use, but it's Mm. true, man. It's totally true. And so, and so in that sense, you never really took any day off. You never used any excuse at all. Like you were always getting your meals in. And when you said you, you were saying you were diabetic, were you actually diabetic or were you just using no, that as an excuse? I'm an asthmatic. I'm chronic asthmatic, but I used to say I was diabetic. So if I was eating meals, they, they would allow me to have them without too much complaints, you know? And that was just me, man. That, that's, that's awesome. Um, and then sort of after your bodybuilding career, you get yourself into Brazilian jiu-jitsu and 30 gold medals I read on the internet. Is that a true fact? Probably more, you know, certainly more medals, you know, in general, but gold medals. Yeah, certainly. So white belt, a bunch of medals in white belt, a bunch of medals in blue, purple, and then brown belt, a bunch of medals. Uh, haven't competed a black belt because I do run my own academy, but you know, I've beaten the likes of Craig Jones, um, Purple Belt, and he went on to become a massive um, influence and um, inspiration for me um, to continue in jiu-jitsu. Um, but now, after having won all those medals and competed, I, um, I run my own academy. But certainly, I think, um, I think competing is, is awesome for you know, getting to know who you are and what you're made of. Mm. And Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, I think it's a really, really interesting sports and martial arts. Would you be able to give us just like a, I don't know, sort of like a brief rundown of what makes Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu unique? Yeah, man, I love it. It's um, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu to me is the closest thing you can get to killing someone uh, without having without killing them in a legal way. Um, above above all any other martial arts, but there's martial arts out there where you can pretend to stab people and you pretend to cut and hit people but brazilian jiu-jitsu is, to me is the rawest form of martial art that you can get and i'm not saying that i'm out to kill anyone or anyone's out there to kill me but um if you're going to learn a martial art i think it's the closest thing you can to actual the realities of fighting and um if uh, i always say that if you add punching to um brazilian jiu-jitsu then it just it's like um it's like adding uh fuel to a fire you know it's so easy to close your hand and throw and throw throw a punch but with with the awesomeness of grappling, um, it just makes you unstoppable, and that's why I love it, man. I just I just love doing it because it's um it's hardcore and it's also very um calm and chilled. The art of the tap it saves us all from all the drama. But I've certainly had my arm broken and and fingers and all this type of thing. You know, it's just part of part of the game. But um, I love I love the raw form of uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Mm. When you say you got your arm broken, was that um, like coming down, like being thrown, or was that being held up in a lock or 
that was actually a um i can i can probably show you here actually i had my um i've got a big scar across here i had my pec major which is the muscle in the chest here i had that torn off so that was torn off the bone and um that was in an arm lock i was holding onto my arm like this and and it got popped out and my friends thought uh, it was dislocated. So they were pulling on my arm and I think that uh, attributed to it being torn off as a bit more. Went to surgery on a day and was training again on the Monday with my arm tied in a belt, bleeding through my gi. Oh, me, you, um, yeah. So you said you were training again the next Monday? Yep. Back on the mat, ready to go. I didn't. I never had a day off, man. Never ever. This COVID nineteen thing is the most I've had of physical training in my entire existence of life. You know, I, I've trained through injuries. Like, you know, I, there's always something you can do, even if you can't move. You can still be on the mat. You know, is mm. my opinion. And so you were finding ways to work around that injury, I guess. Yeah, definitely. You just tied the arm in the belt and um, grappled one arm, and just the the ability to keep moving and keep gripping and keep feeling uh, the movement is i think important and that goes for bodybuilding as well i never had any time off and any injuries injuries there uh, i think injuries uh, are ex an excuse um although you know sometimes there are injuries that you, I, I trained through two years of extreme sciatica and i knocked back two surgeries because i just i just had to keep going man and i just can't stop and, and i don't i'm not giving advice really to for people to keep going and not stop it I certainly think that we're more capable than we give ourselves credit for. Mm, definitely. And also you said you tore that with somebody else in a lock as well. Yeah, they had me in a lock. So, um, Priscus Foganolo, uh, another Tasmanian, um, well, arguably one of the best fighters in, in the country. Um, he, he super strong guy and he had me in an arm lock and I was holding on and then all of a sudden it just popped. It wasn't extended or anything. It just popped. And, um, I think it might've, might have attributed to the muscle being weak or something or might have been an angle, but yeah, it certainly freaked me out and pulled me up. Mm. Mm. That's crazy. You're taking me back to my Taekwondo days. Um, my, our, sort sure. of our coach uh, at Taekwondo, Hugh Eagling, shout out to Hugh if you ever listen. Um, for, mm. for him to get his first damn black belt, his dad, um, Dale Eagling, used to run the dojo and he basically mm. said, Hugh broke his foot or his ankle and his dad said to him, if you don't grade on your broken ankle, I will never give you an opportunity to grade for your black belt again. Wow. <laughs> Sounds pretty standard martial arts behavior. <laughs> yeah, that's that's that sort of mentality that you build there. Um, mm. That's really crazy. But mm. through Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, was there anything in particular? You said, you know, you learned a lot about yourself. Was there anything that that sort of made you realize about yourself or recognize you something you might have had within you? Yeah, man, we're all capable of much more than we think we are. And... Uh, I think it's important to understand where you are physically with another person. Uh, I'm certainly Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu has certainly given me the confidence to be anywhere in any situation, given it's um, me and one other person in a, in a bad situation. Uh, nothing can really prepare you for a group, for group fighting, but um, you know, certainly with another person, I'm, it's given me the ability to not fear anybody. And um, I just, it, you know, I think it's important for everyone to understand where they are physically. Uh, in life, uh, not just running up, up up a track or or jumping over a pole or catching a ball, but um, certainly uh, grappling will certain will show you where you where you stand in society and with other people, and uh, it's awesome, man. It's raw. Mm. And it's making me think now. I was just I was talking to a friend just recently on the show, and he said, you know, you don't know who you are until you get punched in the face. <laughs> Yeah, man. I've done MMA and I had an MMA fight and I was punched in the face, you know, uh, close to 50 plus times and broke my nose in three places. My nose was actually separated from my skull and had a huge cut above my eye. You probably seen it on my social media. That was huge. It was one of the biggest cuts in MMA in Australian history. And um, the actual uh, the kick that I received to my face that, that opened me up at the end of the third round um, stood me up. Um, and I didn't even know it was cut. And I just kept fighting and fighting and fighting and um, I just don't know, man. I just, I just, I just find that um, I, I, I challenge myself every day, and I find every day is a fight. Every day, um, that's why you know creating a podcast for me was easy because I fought so many times and been in so many altercations where my life's been threatened, and I just find things like this just liberating to go. Well, I can create anything because nothing can kill me, and um, 
I'm just, I'm just inspired by life, to be honest, man. And I love what you're doing and, and the podcast brings us together. And it's crazy, man. We're, and the collaboration um, that we're having, that's happening right now all comes from not having fear. Um, and mm. that's what I, uh, I talk about that a lot, you know, not having fear of rejection, not being said no to, or not being f- afraid of asking the wrong question or saying the wrong words. We're just here chatting, man. I just, and I love that about what you're doing now. And that's inspiring me as well. I just think um, there's inspiration everywhere, man. Mm. And, you know, some, what you just mentioned there, talking about fear, you know, fear of rejection, fear of asking questions. I have one where I have a fear of, you know, sounding dumb when I talk or stumbling over my words. These are, these are kind of yeah. things that like, or, or, you know, they wrap through my mind all the time. And, you know, they're the types of fears you have to battle through. But did you have a sort of moment in your life where, you know, you found these things hard or you had any of these fears that you had to push through? Sure, man. Like, um, you know, I was always a skinny guy and like super skinny and, um, I had to walk around and say, oh, what do you do? And I say, oh, I lift weights. And they go, when? You know, <laughs> what's going on? It took me so long to get muscle. And I was afraid of looking like a douche there. And um, I just pushed through and got bigger and badder and whatever the hell. And um, But speaking and things like that, um, you know, I've always had this feeling in my mind that, you, um, you know, that um, hangover quote from the um, the fellow there, he goes, but did you die? You know, that um, <laughs> that rings in my mind all the time, man. Like, you're not going to die from getting up and speak in front of a thousand people. You're not going to die from starting a podcast. And um, that's what I'm all about. So no, I don't get, um, I do get nervous because that's a natural feeling. And that's, a, I think that's a chemical thing that we all get nervous of rational fears. And uh, I'm scared of sharks and I'm scared of heights, but I, I swim in the ocean every day and I fly on airplanes all the bloody time. So um, I certainly try and do things that push me, but I've never been on a roller coaster. That's for damn sure. I'm not going <laughs> to do that. Um, you know, like... Can we put that on I'm the bucket a, list? Oh, God. I've got to be careful what I say. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. Fear is a driver for, for all of this, what I do. I'm, I'm, not even a, I'm not afraid of fear, you know. <laughs> uh, look, I think, I think definitely at some point in your life, then you need to get on a roller coaster. I've, I've been on a few in the Gold Coast. You know, they're a lot uh, of fun, but... <laughs> mm. I think the first one I went on was the Superman roller coaster and I nearly shit my pants. <laughs> wow. No, I don't know, man. Um, it's, it, they're very, very scary. Uh, I wouldn't even know. I've never been, been on one, but from what I see and what I hear, whew, I hate those things that go up in the air. You know, the, you know, the pants that go down and grab you and then you throw up in the air like that. Oh, the, the slingshots. Ooh. I think so. Yeah, that's the one. I haven't huh? been on one of those. Have you? Looks terrifying. No, I haven't been on anything. I've never been on a ride <laughs> in my life. There's no way in hell I'll get on one of those. Mm. <laughs> no All right. Way. So there we go. Darren Petty has one fear. It's roller coasters and slingshots. Absolutely. <laughs> but I, I find that very interesting because um look just just briefly sort of my background is kind of christian and if you actually sort of understand yep. what the bible sort of tells you about fear it's this idea that fear mm-hmm. is fake like fear is not a real thing fear is something we experience yep. but it's because we created ourselves uh-huh. That's interesting. And, ulti- and ultimately i suppose getting past fear is this whole idea of you know you have to be able to beat your mind your mind will create the fear but you have to be sort of stronger than that. And I really do think that does come from reps. The more you get outside of your comfort zone, like, you know, for me, the more I reach out to people and do podcasts like we are now, the less afraid I am of it. Yeah. No, you're doing really well, man. I think um, your interview with Tony was uh, really, really cool. I've skipped through that a few times and because uh, I've, I've watched all of Tony's um, stuff and I think you did a great job there. That's certainly nerve wracking for, for most people to speak to someone of that level. Um, Oh, can I talk about that for a minute? Because I'll tell yeah, you what, yeah. that was a real nerve-wracking experience. I can't tell you how nervous I was when I got to interview Tony because he has mm. he has this sort of aura around him. You, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, oh but, yeah, man. Um, he's the real deal, man. He's he's right up there, and his time's valuable, and he's done so much stuff in his life, and he's met everybody, and nothing phases him. He's unreal, man. He's a he's a he's a pretty full-on guy. Mm. I remember I walked in his office and the first thing like he tell, I was like, oh, you got a fish there? He's like, yeah, its name's Murder Fish. And I was just like, oh. Yeah, man. If like, you, but man. if you've interviewed Tony, if you can interview Tony, you can interview anybody. Oh, well, thank you, man. I'm a, I remember that. But, yeah, well. That day was a nerve-wracking day. And when I got in as well, I think something had just happened at the office too. So he was a little bit, he was a little bit peeved off at that. And he's like, no, that's right. Come on, set up. Let, let's go kind of thing. And then yeah. I just remember I was, I was a little bit nervous. and But I got through it. But Hey, cheers for the feedback on that one, man. Appreciate it. You did well, that. man. You did really well. If you can interview him, like I said, you can interview anybody and you did it. So every interview after this, after that one is easy. Mm. I'm going to keep that one in mind. 
but mm. I'll take you back. You said, you said every day is a fight. And I really like that you said that. What, what's mm. sort of like the daily fight for you? Just to get everything done, man. We, I never, ever, ever. And I, these days I never get everything done. There's always outstanding work to be done. And that's because there's so much creation going on. And certainly having Josh uh, Lovell on board as my producer helps, but we, we're just creating all the time. But every day's a fight, man, to get things done. And every day's a fight um, to create more, do more, be more. Um, I'm not talking about in terms of a fight like uh, it's hard to get out of bed. No, no, no. It's easy for me to get out of bed, man. I'm rock and rolling. It's hard for me to go to bed. Uh, it's a fight every day to... Um, you know, just keep pushing what we're doing. And there's so much going on, you know, documentary films, podcasts, um, martial arts, um, you know, vlogs. And, and, and we get in the ocean all the time now and, and dive deep there, literally. And um, it's a fight, man, just to, um, I, I, I find every day a challenge in the challenges, not every day a challenge to live. I love life, man. I don't, never want to die. So, um, I just think um, for me, every day is a fight because I see it like um, winning the day, you know. Um, mm. I just find that it's so inspiring and so so motivating to just pump up. I mean, I wake up in the morning and chuck on Gary V. I listen to, mm. um, listen to Goggins and I listen to, um, uh, you know, a bunch of different people that, that talk. Um, so, you know, uh, Steve Harvey, I'm a huge one at the moment. You know, all these type of things that pump me up and I love that. Arnold, you know, as well, you know, Joe Rogan, all this stuff. I have that ringing through my skull in the morning, you know, before bed, everything. I'm pumped, you know. Mm. That's really good. And a, few, a lot of those names you listed there, like they're, they're very good people to listen to, like Gary V. You listen to Gary V. The next thing you know, you're making content. David Goggins is a dangerous one. The first time I listened to David Goggins, I went and downloaded his audio book. It must have been like two in the morning and I, I just listened to the first chapter. I went straight to the gym. I was like, right, let's do some cardio. Oh, yeah, <laughs> but, man. But I, would like, I, I don't quite have that full-on drive yet. So that was about the only time that ever happened. <laughs> How old are you, bro? Uh, 25. You've got plenty of time, man, but you've also got not very, very much time. So in five years' time, you'll be 30 and then you've got a decade to, to either build or continue to build. And certainly what you're doing here and podcasting, you, you're ready to rock and roll, man. So use this next five years to um to to build a base and um you know don't, i don't know much about your life but use this next five years to build a base and use your 30s to to hone it and use your 40s to like i'm doing now like i'll turn 40 in january and i'm just gonna i'm just gonna bolster what i've made you know and, and created and no i don't think i've wasted anything no i've wasted no time everything i've done is part of the story so do as much as you can as often as you can as fast as you can and um give time to your family and give time to, uh, in your case, and give, give time to God and, and church. And, um, but certainly work on your goals and, and accomplish them. And if you fail, don't worry about it. Just work on the next one. Man, you, you answered my next question already <laughs> right there. Thank you. Cause my next question was going to be, cause I suppose my thing that I sort of battle with and I'll just, just quickly, like the other thing I do in my personal life, I'm a lawyer and I've been a lawyer for like the last seven or eight months now. And I find that takes up nice. a big chunk of my time. Um, mm. especially now we've just had another lawyer, which had a lawyer resign from our firm and I've sort of had to take on all her work too. So where, mm -hmm. where my struggle is like, it's like my priority is all my lawyer work. And then by the time I get done with that, sometimes I'm just gassed. I'm like, Oh, I've got, I don't feel like I've got anything to tank. So my question for you is going to be like, what would be sort of your, your little kick in the butt for me to say, Oi, get shit done every day. But <laughs> I think you're right, man. I think you're, you're doing a remarkable job being a lawyer and running a podcast and living your life. It's, it's tough to do all those things. So you, you're quite right. You are, you are running out of gas in the tank, <clears throat> but one day you're going to run out of gas in the tank for real. And you, there'll be, there'll be no more tank. You'll be dead. So, you know, um, my, my thing is that if you're awake, you, you can work. If you're awake, you can create. If you are, um, that's my, that's my view, you know, and, and not even working per se or doing, but you can always think and read. If you've got no gas in the tank, read a book. You're doing that. You're doing that. You said you're reading Goggins and things like this. It's work doesn't necessarily mean, um, laying bricks or digging a hole or, or, or creating podcasts or editing or anything like that. It just means, um, always be doing something creative and unless you're spending time with loved ones at church and things like that, man, never, never stop. And, and when I say that I never stop, I don't. So if I sit down and I put on 
like people tell me to watch Game of Thrones and all those. And I'm like, what? What for? Like, that's the craziest <laughs> thing to me. It's the craziest thing. Um, so I, um, I did watch Stranger Things recently because I wanted the inspiration because that's my style. I want the inspiration for filmmaking. But um, I, um, I believe that you can always, there's always something you can do, brother. Always something you can do. Read a book and further yourself. Like when I wake up in the morning, man, the first thing I do is search. I never have um, the recurring things. I always look for new stuff. And sometimes I'll go back and listen to like um, Gary V's um, first video or whatever. Um, but I just listen to the newest thing and, 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 and move forward with, with, with as much inspiration as I can. So that's what I mean by never stopping. Uh, filling yourself with positivity and inspirational stuff 24-7. And I really like what you had to say that work isn't always about necessarily doing, I suppose, the macro side of things, which would be Mm. actually recording this podcast. But, you know, it's all those other things you're doing, educating yourself, whether, you know, that could be in the form of listening to somebody else's podcast, but not just, I suppose, for leisure, but for something you want to learn about reading a book. Like I've got a handful of books that I read um, that Mm. I get myself through, you know, little things like that. And for me, you know, even like, you know, you've been mentioning like spending time with God, like praying, I find that helps to develop me as well so all of these little things part of it. building up over time and that's the work as well so thank you for pointing that out because i do do a lot of those things and i suppose i kick myself in the butt for maybe not going and making as much macro stuff but i guess now that i think about what you've had to say there i do do a lot of work because like you said game of thrones i haven't watched it either i i i haven't really sat through an entire tv series i think the last entire season of a show i got through was stranger things what you just watched mm, there so i love it but you're right, man. You do you do work more than you think. And when you say I've got no gas in the tank, I bet I bet um, uh, nine times out of ten you don't just lay on the couch and watch Game of Thrones or anything. You sit down and you read, or you'll get into the, your Bible, or you know those are the things that I'm talking about that you can always do whether you got gas in the tank or not, man. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, the, the, there's uh, exhaustion, and then there's exhaustion. You know, and David Goggins certainly knows what exhaustion is. Um, there's always something we can be doing, brother. Mm. You know, and I just think um, that people don't give themselves enough enough credit and people don't push themselves enough. I agree on both of those points. And I think both, and uh, part of the reason as well, I feel the same. I feel one, I don't give myself enough credit from time to time, but also I also, also have those days where I don't feel like I push myself enough, but I'm really glad we're having this chat because, you know, you've got me thinking about a lot of things now. I'm like, there we go. But well, I want what to be that? the Australian Joe Rogan, but also want to be the Australian <laughs> Gary V. <laughs> hey, that's hey, that's going to be my I just job. Talk how it is, man. I just tell, I just tell for my life. Uh, uh, you're actually, doing well, man. I appreciate you. I need, I need to make some more. I need to um, upload on TikTok about three times a day before I can start <laughs> trying to say I'm going to turn yeah, into TikTok's the Australian a hard Gary one, v. man. Yeah, Gary V is really cool. I, I have a promise of him to come on the show eventually. I asked him at a Q and A in did, Melbourne. Um, no, I did. I did catch that, brother. I did. I saw that. I think I saw that on one of his videos. Did I? On his yeah, it's on. It's on his video, and then he put me on his story, and it had like a swipe up to see how this guy could get me on his podcast. So he said I had to email him a year from that day, um, and it hasn't quite been a year yet. But I've just started. I've got the email with the title in it, and I've just started. I don't know if this is too much, but I'm just trying to email him every day just to get his attention because he's doing that tea with Gary V every day, the live stream, and I'm like, well. Why don't I just ask him if I can get 15 minutes of his time on the tea with Gary V and that can be the podcast. So I'm kind of, I'm trying to reach out to him. If I was you, I'd spend every waking hour trying to get uh, one-on-one with Gary V and I'd make it your mission, man. I'd I'd just pump it. Um, You know, um, I got a message one day from uh, one of my colleagues and they said, look, Gary V needs a videographer in Sydney. And, um, they messaged D-Rock and D-Rock said, um, yep, no worries, come up, Darren, no problem. Um, can you be here at seven? I said, nah, the flight gets in at eight. He said, all right, you missed out by one hour. So I would have filmed a daily V for um, Gary and D-Rock because D-Rock missed his flight from um, New York. But man, if you get in front of Gary like that and he makes that promise, I would, I would hammer that. I would not stop. Um, I mean, arguably, like, you can do it without him, man. You don't need mm. to speak to Gary V. <clears throat> so don't wait for him to do that for you until you get started on whatever your ideas are. Just start now, brother. And um, you're doing it, man. I'm not saying that I'm special at all, but you're, you're, talking to, uh, you're talking to someone in another state and in the country and we're collaborating on podcasts and my audience mm. will see you and your audience will see me. And um, 
you're doing it now, man. Don't think of the Gary V thing like um, it's the be all and land all. But if you want it, you've got to hunt it down and you've got to challenge that every single day. You've got to fight for it. Well, I'm using that. I'm using that as my fuel to sort of like make sure to keep myself held accountable. I'm like, right, if I'm getting Gary V on this show, I need to make sure by the time he comes on, I want it to be a show of that, you know, it's worth him coming on. 100%. And if you've got a lot of guests, he wants to see how many guests you've got. If you've got four guests, he's not going to come on. But if you've got 75 guests, he's going to come on, you know? Yeah, exactly right. Um, And look, moving on with this conversation, what do you have in the works right now? Did you say you're working on a couple of documentaries? What what awesome work do you have going on? So Jake Nicolopoulos, who is um, Australia's newest uh, professional bodybuilder, awarded his pro card by Arnold Schwarzenegger and Tony Doherty. Um, I'm working on a documentary film with him. Um, we're, we're just about finished, as a matter of fact, about 5% uh, work on that to go. Uh, obviously, building this podcast is in, in um, COVID times is huge. And um, we're doing four or five uh, podcasts a day. Um, you're the second for the day for me. Um, uh, and then I've got a couple more. Uh, so look, man, we are just nonstop pushing in the podcast area. Um, uh, you know, it's a strange question you ask because um, a lot of people would say not much because there's not much happening, but I've got so much happening. Man. It's nonstop every day. And, um, you know, I've got Josh Lovell has been with me for two years and he certainly hasn't come and taken work away. He's helped me create more work on top of the work. Um, it's funny when we talk about work, man, because work's kind of got this bad connotation now, hasn't it? It's like this bad word, you know, work is a bad word, but it's not, I don't think it's work and creation is awesome. And then you got hustle, hustle became a bad word. And people started thinking of Gary Vee like, oh, you're going to hurt people because of whatever. You're going to make them work too much. What else are you going to do? You're alive anyway. You might as well be doing something. You know, watching, watching a Game of Thrones and creating a podcast, what's the difference? You're sitting there talking or sitting there and watching a show. I reckon, I reckon we're doing the right thing, man. Mm. And I suppose what is really important, and I suppose the reason why work gets a bad rep is because a lot of people work doing things that they don't like doing. Mm. And that, that's so a hard thing because, I mean, you know, there are certain jobs that need to be done. And I'm sure there are particular jobs that absolutely nobody wants to do. But, mm. you know, at the same time, you know, it's, I sort of believe that everybody can do what they want to do. But, you know, it's up to the person to actually be able to put in the time and the hours to do what they want to do. Mm. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, but I also think that people should work at jobs they don't want to do in order to pay for themselves to be able to move on to the next career. Don't just don't quit your job immediately straight. Don't talk to Gary Vee in the audience and quit your job the next minute. Mm. Um, you know, be a lawyer uh, for as long as, as long as you can. And if you become a huge podcaster, then switch over. But mm. um, you, don't you, tell you my love- boss that's a plan. <laughs> Yeah, oh, no doubt, no doubt. But um, you wouldn't turn that back, would you? You'd be a professional podcaster for sure with love for, um, with love for being a lawyer. Um, so I think that, that people need to be very careful in that respect that um, if somebody came to my, um, my talk and I said, what do you do? And they said, I'm a bricklayer. I don't want to be a bricklayer anymore. I want to be an aeroplane driver. I'd say, well, be a bricklayer until you learn how to do it. Um, do what's necessary so you can do what you want because somebody like you who's working all the time like i wouldn't you don't see that as work do you not at all brother i don't feel like i've worked since 2000 and i think i stopped working in 2007 and um i my my working pedigree is um i was a child carer uh and then i worked in disability services so i just love working with people but even then i don't feel like i worked i've never laid a brick or i've built my own um you know i've renovated houses and things like that but I've never worked um, a proper job, I don't feel. And, um, you know, having said that, I hustle and grind uh, 24-7. But I do that for my own projects. It's very easy to do that for your own projects. I, would, I, would not, I wouldn't be able to work as a builder and build somebody else's house. <laughs> I'd, have to, I'd have to keep it, you know. Mm. Mm. I get that. But I guess that, that's one of the most important things in life, I guess, really, is to really... Because, you know, work, you're going to spend a lot of your time actually doing what creates your income that's what most of us Mm. do for our lives and i suppose the trap the trap that a lot of people fall into is to go get a good job and then if they don't like it stay there purely just because it's a good job that pays them money and i think that like that that can be a a bit of a hard place i suppose to be because you see you know you find you find yourself selling yourself for like what x like 40 to 70 hours a week and if you're only really doing that for money and there's no real love in what you're doing like ultimately at the end of the day like that's that's really got to be hard on your life 
And that's why, that's why when I see people like you who are actually actively out there sort of pursuing their real passions, you know, it's something that's really inspiring and it's something that it's hard to find in this world, but I think it's more achievable and attainable than what people like let themselves to believe. Totally agree, man. And the people that, that, that live their life working and doing anything that they, that they hate is, um, is just something I find unfathomable. I just can't really get my mind around that. I'd never, ever do anything I don't want to do. You know, even the things that I don't like doing, which is book work and, and monetary type of things. I hate money and I hate dealing with numbers and money and stuff like that. I'd rather other someone else take care of it. I know that that's helping what I'm doing. So, you know, doing, doing something you hate to do, like in all literal sense, um, let's just say working in an abattoir or yeah, not even that, like anything, anything you hate doing. Some people love working, they would love to work in an abattoir, but, you know, uh, being whatever, why would you do that unless you loved it? Like, who told you to do that? Why did you start mm. that? You know, and I guess what you're saying, you're right, you're absolutely right, man. You, you're spot on. It's money. And mm. we all need money. And we all you either do something you love for money or do something you hate. But most of the time, I believe, people do things they hate because they're easy. You know, um, I hate my job. Well, what, don't do it. But it's easy. You know, that's what I hear a lot that sort of thing. So um, I certainly never go gravitate towards easy. I gravitate towards, towards what's hard and, you know, building a podcast as, as, as an ex-alcoholic um, dropkick, you know, and building a career and things like that is, it was the hardest thing I could have done. And what I should have done is just gone to jail and got fed every day. What I should have done was got a job in the mine, just doing mine and mine work. But what I should have done was stayed in childcare. No, man, fuck that. I, I love pushing the boundaries and challenging myself and creating my life because at the end of my life, I want to look back and I want to be proud of it. I don't want to look back and be like, Oh, what happened there? Yeah. And you know, like even going back to sort of what you were saying earlier, your doctor said like, you can either die or go to jail. And you're like, nah, watch this, this, mm-hmm. that, that sort of whole attitude. And you know, I, I can, you know, think back to before I became a lawyer, you know, I was working a couple of jobs that, you know, I wasn't too fond of. And mm-hmm. I remember I'd spend my late nights up, sort of like journaling about like what I would do for like my pod, like, you know, one, I was trying to get my way into the legal industry because I had a rough start in there and a rough start in the legal industry can make it hard to become a lawyer. Um, So I was trying to get the lawyer stuff and I've, you know, I'm journaling about my podcast. So I was trying to treat my every waking moment in those jobs that I hated. Like every, every time my mind would think about how much I didn't like what I was doing, I'd be like, this is just going to be a part of your story one day. So Mm. like get through it. That's hundred percent true, brother. And I really, really quickly, I just want to say that you've got a great podcasting mind. You do, you do the right thing, and you think about what people are saying, and you bring it back into the conversation. And you're doing that now. So I really love having a conversation with people that know that that nuance, because some people think that um, being on a podcast is just having a chat with someone over a phone. It's not. It's remembering all these nuances throughout the conversation, and you're doing. Yeah, I think I love. I'm having a good time, and I think you're, you're doing it really well. As far as um, you know, working and and, and molding that into like your passions. Um, it takes time. It's not easy. It, um, it requires sacrifice and hard work. Uh, sacrificing sacrifice is hard, man, because sometimes to fit in with your friends and things like that, you gotta, you gotta, um, you know, conform to what's normal. But, uh, certainly I've lost a lot of friends over the years because I was a bodybuilder. I lost a lot of friends cause I was a jiu-jitsu guy. I lost my family cause I was a jiu-jitsu guy. They didn't agree with it. And, um, they, off they went. Um, I, uh, and now being a podcaster, I don't have time to go to pubs and clubs and stuff like that. I normally just, um, I'm, I'm podcasting, you know, you see what I mean? You gotta <laughs> sacrifice. Yeah. And especially when it comes to like, you're in a circle, like, you know, there's that saying that gets thrown around a lot. It's like, you are the sum of the five people you spend the most amount of time around. And so for you, what's it, what's it like, I suppose, recognizing that you might have to cut some of your ties, you know, to chase what you want to chase your passions. Yeah, it's a tough one, man. It's what I find a lot of people struggle with the most, especially young people, especially millennials, uh, you know, um, Josh, who's my producer, came to me early on and said, look, um, you know, I want to go hang out with my friends. I want to do this. I want to do that. And I said straight up, I said, if you want to be a part of my journey and the train that I'm on, you need to start thinking about the sacrifices of that. And you need to you need to bring your friendships down to people that really you love and that really care about you 
not people that um, just want to hang out with you because you've got money or hang out with you because you're tall or hang out with you because you've got a car or hang out, whatever. Um, really value the, the importance of having a small circle, which I really love that you brought that up. Um, the importance of a small circle is it could be the make or break of your passions and your job and your work and your hustle and your grind. Um, and you should relish uh, in a small circle rather than, um, um, you know, be drowned by so many people that want something from you for the wrong reasons. Mm. And because at the end of the day, time is our most valuable resource. It's the one thing that you're never going to get back. That's and you right, need the time, right. you need the time to build, to do what you want to do. hundred percent. So uh, as with you being a lawyer, you know, you've got limited time to be doing what you're doing in podcasting, but we have this technology. You've got a great background there. You, you've got a great microphone set up. You've got the headphones set up. You've got everything going. Um, you know, and now with all that technology that we have, we can just be creative. And that's, uh, that's the most important thing, I think, to use your time valuably, to set these things up so that you can just get onto a podcast and work. Um, you know, I think, um, I think if anyone's watching and, and listening that uh, when this is put up, that what they'll get most out of is, is that anything's possible, man. And um, we're, we're different people. We're, we're different ages and we've come from different places and, and we're different attitudes and things, but we're, we're kind of on the same, on the same path and collaboration, I think is another big thing that people need to learn from as well. I think we need to stop pushing people down and bring each other up together. Um, mm. And I think social media has done that, shown that uh, collaboration is not a new thing. It seems to no. be with um, social media, but it's not, man. It's, it's collaboration is just helping each other. And I love that. I love that. And that's what I really see. Like when you, you know, I suppose when you get around the areas like YouTubers, podcasters, different influencers, what helps to build them is not this, is not like competition. Like if you think like the corporate world, you know, there's a lot of competition, but even collaboration works in the corporate world as well to a degree. But what I see more in social media and like, you know, more sort of online entrepreneurs and people of that from there is like, you know, it's through collaboration that they're able to build what they do through, you know, getting help from other people, leveraging other people's platforms, coming together with some creative ideas and making awesome pieces of content. Mm, totally and utterly. And that's what podcasting is all about. I, that's why I love it so much. That's why I was um, so happy uh, to be on your podcast because, um, you know, ultimately it's about collaboration. It's about not only getting your audience and my audience um, crossed over, it's also about getting to hear someone else who's doing the same thing I'm doing. I'm learning from you. You're learning from me. Um, I'm, I'm hearing your style, which is similar to my style. So I'm getting this sense of like, oh, I'm on the right track because there's other people doing what I'm doing. Um, you know, I, I just love it, man. And um, I appreciate it. Uh, just, you know, jumped at the chance to come onto your podcast. I was on someone else's podcast uh, earlier on and, um, it's just amazing, man, that people are reaching out rather than looking from afar and pushing people away or hiding the fact that we're watching each other. Certainly we watch each other and certainly we learn from each other. And I don't need to be talking to Gary Vee to be learning about Gary Vee. You and I can talk about Gary Vee and learn from that. So, mm. I mean, I appreciate you um, inviting me on. It's just it's awesome, man. I, and I just think it's great collaboration. I hope that people get a lot out of that. I, th I think that we've, we've been able to drop a lot of wisdom in this episode. And I think we've really That's touched right. on some important topics, but I suppose probably one of the other, uh, sort of last things I want to touch on is, you know, the, I think the hardest thing for people um, in terms of getting into what they want to do is a part of, it's, it's, it's part of the way our society is structured. Like you go to school to go get good grades and the whole purpose of getting good grades is to, I suppose, study to get a good degree, to get a good job. And it's like ingrained in us. And then on top of that, um, you know, cause our parents, you know, they came from sort of that culture of like, you know, work your way up the corporate ladder, get your best corporate job, working for the money, working to build a good life and, you know, to have a good life. I love, you know, it's what, what Tony Doherty sort of said on my podcast, you know, like the house or the white picket fans, two and a half kids, blah, blah, blah. And he said like, nah, fuck that. Like, mm. you know, I don't, I don't think that's really a human life at the end of the mm. day. Like you can you definitely build a good life doing that, but where's ultimately the satisfaction if you're not, you know, getting into your passions. Yeah. I think our parents did a good job in, in what they knew and um, <clears throat> how we were brought up and white picket fence and all this sort of thing, because they had nothing and mm. they will, they've been through, they've been through hell, but you wait till uh, mark my words in 20 years, 30 years from now, our kids, mate, they're not going to be white picket fences. They're going to be um, pushing uh, and creating content 
creating documentaries and being collaborative with other people. Everything's going to change, man. And um, the old style is certainly um, um, uh, getting shaken up at the moment with the world mm. stopping and everyone figuring out, hang on, social media is not too bad because you know what? We can all speak to each other. We can all connect with each other. Like how many people are on Zoom right now around the world? <laughs> so many, you know, and watch how many podcasts come out of this time as well. So the, the idea of going to school and getting good grades, man, come on. You know, you're exactly right. And um, if you want to be a lawyer, go to, go to school. If you want to be a doctor, go to school. But if you, if you have aspirations to be helping people with your voice or with um, – there's so many other vocations out there that you don't need school for and it's dancing, singing, creating. I, um, I don't know, man. I don't want to say don't go to school. I don't want to be the straight Gary V. don't go to school thing. But I certainly think um, um, it's something you can go back to. It's something that you can pick up mm-hmm. later. I think that you should follow your instincts uh, every single time and – and if you stuff up, it's good. I think people should stuff up. I think people should make mistakes. I think people should say, oh, I don't want to go to school and then bugger up and then go, oh, I'm going to go to school now. That's fine. You know, I mm. just, I've been to university three times, man. I've enrolled three times, done a couple of semesters and quit each time. I could have been a teacher. I could have been a social worker and I could have been a, um, something else that I studied. And um, I just think um, I, I'm glad I did that. I'm glad I failed. I'm glad I stopped and glad I quit. And I'm a, I'm a big quitter. If something's not working in my in my heart and soul, I just stop it. You know. Mm. And that's what I've got to touch on there. When is it? How, like, how do you know when is a good time to quit? Because you know, everybody, I suppose, when they want to try and build something, you know, you want to have that no excuse mentality. I want to keep gunning it. But how do you get to a point where you realize maybe I shouldn't do this? Easy. That's the easiest question of the, of the whole podcast, and it is simply the answer is this: just follow your heart. Mm. If the heart says no, stop. You know, and, and it's it's hard to be connected. It's it's difficult to be connected with your heart because your heart, you know, your heart can be broken. Your heart can be, um, your heart can can want too much or want too little. You know, it's hard to. But you'll know. You just know. You know, uh, is that making sense at all? Like, it's it's those things where you what you don't know what to say to your parents. You don't know what to say to your friends. I don't want to do it, but I can't tell these people because then I look like this or that. You know, you know fear. Um, fear in your heart will kill you. So I think um, have no fear and just follow your heart. I don't like following my gut because I end up at the pizza store. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I like to follow my heart. You know, what's, and um, what's uh, Darren Petty's favorite pizza? <laughs> oh, easily uh, barbecue chicken, uh, level five chili. Matter of fact, we're gonna get one tonight. How about that? <laughs> Where from? Pep Pizza in Kingston, Kingston Beach, over Tasmania. I've had that before. Good, good pizza down there at Pep. <laughs> mm. <coughs> but um, we're just going to quickly check how we're going for time. Do you have you have another podcast to get to? Is that what's happening here? I do, and I've got a couple. So, um, I'm just uh, Josh is around somewhere. He's um, editing a couple of other ones, but we're going to certainly hop off this one and we'll set up the next one. Um, mm. in a, in an hour or so. So we've got to be prepared for all those sort of things. Like we were, we were prepared for you, man. We were um, mm. scheduled you in and set it up and got the, got everything ready. And um, here we are. Yeah, no, and I'd really like to thank you for your time. And I suppose just before you go, you know, we've, we've given a lot of wisdom. We've given a lot of advice, but you know, everybody's locked up in their homes right now. It's COVID-19 Darren Petty for somebody out there that's listening. They want to start something. What, what's your words to them? hundred percent follow your heart right now. Don't look back. Um, and then if you follow your heart and you find that down the track that it's not quite right, change, try something else and don't be afraid of failure. Don't be afraid of quitting. Just follow your heart. And one of your ideas will certainly uh, light you on fire. Um, just follow man, follow your heart. Mm. And, and, I'll, and I'll just add to that um, just quickly, you know, if anybody's listening, you know, they're wanting to, I suppose, go out there and maybe start their own content. Cause I think COVID lockdown is a great time to begin that. Don't be afraid because look, I'll tell you what, the amount of fear I had trying to release my first podcast and the biggest fear that was going through my mind was like somebody that I went to university with is going to find this. They're going to clip it and montage it. And I'm going to be at like a uni reunion in 10 times. They're going to have all my embarrassing podcast moments blasted. Like that was, <laughs> those are literally my thoughts going through my mind before I started this podcast. So my advice to people is push through that. It can, it can feel numbing at times. Like for me, the fear that I felt before I started my podcast was numbing. 
So if, you, if you're feeling that, just push through it. If you want to reach out to me, reach out to me. But look, Darren, I'm going to have... I'm going to let you go so you can get on to your next gig. So what, what's your shout out, your Instagram handle there, just so anybody listening can go check you out? Yeah, man. Darren W. Petty, D-A-L-A-N. Um, that's my Instagram handle and you can find me on YouTube and Facebook and TikTok and all that sort of thing. I'm going to have to do, t- I'm going to have to get onto TikTok or Gary, I reckon Gary and come on my podcast, which is live stream. He told some guy they could hang out when COVID was over. And then he says to his producer, he says, make sure he posts on TikTok three times a day. Otherwise I'm canceling that. <laughs> oh God, I might have to as well then. <laughs> going to have to get on TikTok, but thank you very much, Darren. Um, I'm going to leave a link to your show in the show notes as well. So you can't miss him. So make sure you go check it out. Check out the Darren Petty podcast and that's a wrap. So thank you very much. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. Hey, you. Yeah, you. What's that? You're still listening? You've made it to the end of the show. Well, that tells me you must have enjoyed. Well, seeing as you enjoyed today's show so much that you stuck around, why don't you go ahead, give it a rating and a review, subscribe for future episodes, and share it so that somebody else can hear it. All right. Thank you very much for tuning in, and I'll see you in the next one.